with how wide open everything is in the conference right now, having an easier schedule could decide both sides of things in the Big Ten this fall. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, you're tuned into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up on today's program, we're going to get into the new head coach, Mike Rhodes, for the Penn State Nittany Lions basketball team as he takes the job left by Micah Shrewsbury, who heads over to Notre Dame. That's coming up later in the program. But first, I want to get into some of the latest strength of schedule analysis for the upcoming fall in the Big Ten and use it to try and figure out who may have a little bit of an edge as we get into the season. This is a list put together by College Football News. What they did is actually first released an article ranking all D1 Bowl subdivision teams, 1 through 133. And then they used those rankings to determine who had the hardest schedules in, well, just about anywhere you could. But in this specific case, and why we're talking about it, is because it involves the Big Ten as well. And I think that some of the situations that we have going into the fall could allow that not only the Big Ten West, which is wide open, but also maybe even the Big Ten East to be affected by just how easy or hard some of the schedules of these teams are. I want to first start out by talking about, of course, on top, Michigan and Ohio State. These are the two schools that you want to hear about. And of course, they've got plenty of hard games on their schedules, But as far as strength of schedule in the Big Ten goes, there's a little bit of a discrepancy here. Ohio State has the fourth hardest schedule in the conference. Of course, that makes sense. They have to play Michigan. They have to play Penn State. They'll have other hard games too. But Michigan, on the other hand, with a very easy non-conference schedule, and while, yes, having Penn State and Michigan, or having Penn State and Ohio State to play, does not get the rest of a very hard Big Ten West, The Wolverines have, at least according to their numbers, the second easiest schedule in all of the conference. That's interesting to note because the easiest schedule in the Big Ten goes to another Big Ten East team, and one that could be right there in the conversation too in the Penn State Nittany Lions. So while Ohio State is struggling to find its power again with Michigan taking the last two head-to-head games, And we are all still thinking about Penn State as a potential contender to even jump the Buckeyes or someone else this upcoming season. We've got evidence here now that it could even be the games outside of when those three end up having to play each other that could have a sway on things in the Big Ten East. Because let's face it, while I've talked plenty about how I think Penn State has a good enough team to win next season, and while... There's all sorts of discussion about Michigan State versus or Michigan versus Ohio State and Michigan versus Penn State and Ohio State versus Penn State. Those aren't the only three teams here in this conference. And it's not the only three teams that these teams have on the schedule either. So when you look at the discrepancy here in strength of schedule, 
Michigan and Penn State getting on the easy side of things, while Ohio State has more of a challenge. We've seen the Buckeyes lose a non-conference game before. It could very well help decide what ends up happening here as far as national championship goes with way that these schedules are set up for these teams. Can Penn State find a way to take advantage with its easy, as it said, schedule? Can a team like Michigan be able to take advantage too? That's the kind of stuff that we have to be able to figure out because right now, You've got a situation where these schools have a chance to take over a spot that Ohio State's held for so long, and as we're seeing, is still definitely doing fine with in the recruiting rankings and everything like that. So when we talk about like the long-term momentumous change, the kind of stuff that you need to have that happen is consistent beating of Ohio State. And at least this from college football now suggests the Buckeyes are going to have a little bit harder of a time keeping up their end of the bargain before they even get to the head-to-head matchups between Michigan and Penn State this season. Other thing I wanted to get into, the Big Ten West could easily end up deciding how things go in that conference. Purdue and Minnesota have the two hardest schedules in the Big Ten, according to College Football Now. Those are a couple of schools that I would have had as at the very least, dark horses, if not favorites, to be able to win the West this season. Purdue has a new coaching staff and a new quarterback, but it's supposed to be reinvented, not necessarily rebuilt. And Minnesota has shown that it has the sustainability to keep a program afloat long-term under P.J. Fleck. But in the West, as wide open as it is, with as many contenders as it's going to yet have again, Iowa will be right there. Wisconsin's a favorite pick among many people to win that division. Who knows what happens with Nebraska, with the new coach and new recruits that he's bringing in. There's all sorts of opportunities for a team to be good in the West. I think the difference maker in what we saw already is a very, very hectic division as as we saw last season. I think a, having an easier or harder schedule could easily be the difference from being first in this conference to all the way down to 5th, 5th, 6th, 7th, depending on where you're at, which makes the difference between going to a bowl game, going to a New Year's bowl game, going to the Big Ten Championship. Those little differences in getting that one game against the easier team compared to not, especially in the Big Ten West. Uh, Can Maryland take advantage? That's a question that I had looking at things here. It's listed the Terrapins as the third easiest schedule in the Big Ten, and Everyone knows that the Terps obviously have a whole lot of challenges coming their way. They're going to have to face all of Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. But apparently, people say that the schedule outside of that's pretty easy. So can Maryland, with Talia Tungavailoa coming back yet again, and with an opportunity to build something of a legacy for him at this school, what is the response for the Terps? Because they've got that chance to be able to make this team that has been led by him a really really good and memorable team for like years to come in Maryland lore if he has a really really good season this year I can see it happening and it looks like the schedule is playing out in a way where it can happen too for the Terps so if you aren't able to get even close in those three games against Penn State Michigan and Ohio State understandable but just about everything else is going to have to go Maryland's way if they want to be in that kind of memorable status, if they want to get close to like 10 wins, a kind of team. 
because there's no obviously room for error if you want to do that with the kind of teams that they're going to have to play at the very top. Uh, overall, I think it's kind of weird list. Definitely not where I would have had all of the Big Ten schools. Penn State is easiest. Michigan is second easiest schedule. I imagine it has something to do with just really good schools in the Big Ten East, also combined with some of the worst schools in the conference in that Big Ten East as well. And it shows up when you look at the West, too. You have Purdue and Minnesota as the two hardest schedules in the conference, but then everybody else in the West is right in the middle. Through spots 6 to 11, you have the other five Big Ten West teams all in there. So there's definitely the best in the East, but also they're saying the worst is out there in the East as well as far as the Big Ten goes. And I feel like that a little bit skewed how they viewed their strength of schedule. No doubt about it. The teams in the East are playing the best teams in the Big Ten in the, well, most weeks. I mean, like a Maryland team, for example, they have three games where if they lose all of them in ways in which, against teams in which it looks like they could easily lose all three, then they've got to win out and win a bowl game to be able to get to 10 wins. Not an easy thing to do, but it's just the way the Big Ten is, at least for now. We're getting rid of divisions soon. All right, we're going to talk more about schedules and football and everything to do with the upcoming season as basketball wraps up. But before we get into the end of the basketball season, not quite there yet, by the way, Iowa women still keeping us alive on the hardwood. We've got to talk about the future of Penn State basketball. Mike Rhodes is the new coach of the Nittany Lions. We'll talk about who he is and what he brings to that school as he takes over for Micah Shrewsbury. That'll come up in just a minute here on Locked On Big Ten before we get into any of that. A reminder that the tournament is heating up and there's no place to get on in on the action better than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on anything from point spreads to money lines, prop bets, anything you want to put your money on. You can do it over at FanDuel on an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Let's continue to get into the latest from around the Big Ten. Again, I'm Nate Dickinson. Be sure to follow along wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube and on Twitter at Locked On Big Ten. One zero at the end when you're typing it out, not T E N. There's a new head coach of Penn State basketball, named Mike Rhodes, comes to the team from VCU. VCU was a tournament team. You may have known or seen them on your brackets this season. He had three years at at Rice before six years at VCU, made the NCAA tournament three times in his last six seasons as the head coach of that squad, won the conference tournament this year and was a 12 seed in this year's tournament, but in the two previous years was an at-large bid, was a team that would have made the tournament had they not been so good even in the Atlantic 10. And this year brought his team to a career high as a coach, 27 wins. This is another guy who also comes in with an impressive resume and what he's been able to do recently off the court, too. Uh, in the latest recruiting class, he got two different four-star players to head to VCU as freshmen this season, part of the reason why they were able to win so many games. 
In his previous tenure at VCU, he had gotten one four-star player in the previous five years combined. Also, in the transfer portal, he was able to take away two players from a Big Ten school in Michigan, Brandon Johns and Zeb Jackson, both decommitted, or I shouldn't say decommitted, transferred from the Wolverines to the Rams at VCU while he was there most recently. Again, all big parts of why the Rams were so good this season. He had not had anything all that close to that impressive while at VCU, but he did recruit well consistently over the last few years compared to the other coaches around him at his level. I'm talking about in the Atlantic 10. He was in the last in three of the last four years making the best recruiting class in that conference. So while it takes him a couple of years to get acclimated, of course, when he gets to the Rams, again, three of the last four seasons, he was on top as far as recruiting goes and what he was able to do compared to everybody else in the A-10. I'm excited to see what this guy is going to be able to put together with Penn State because he's at a school that is not only going to need his services, but I think fits in well with what he's able to do. He's a combination of good recruiter, and we hopefully see him starting to get some more four-star recruits in here as he takes over at Penn State and starts to bring this prestige program back to a prestige again. But at the same time, he's coming to a football school. And while VCU is a basketball school, he'll be coming to a place where he's not going to be able to, say, out-recruit everybody in the Big Ten. And I feel like this is something where when you're at a school in the Big Ten, especially, you really need to understand what kind of endeavor you're taking. Because in football, a Penn State is going to be able to recruit with some of the best, right? You worry about, well, the basketball schools when you're a football coach taking that job and being like, okay, I may never be able to out-recruit Ohio State and Michigan, so I'm going to have to be able to develop talent here. He's been able to show that he can do a little bit of both. He can recruit well. And I think he'll be able to take advantage of what a Big Ten school gives you in recruiting. But he also is able to develop talent on his own, which is a big, big key for what will, at some point, he hopes, bring Penn State basketball into the forefront. Because this team made a tournament this year with a whole bunch of seniors and just barely made that tournament. Showed up when they were there, won a game, show that they know how to be exciting and win basketball games. But at the same time, it's not like Penn State's going to have that same kind of roster next season. So as he starts to try and rebuild, he really is trying to do something that hasn't been seen in decades, which is build an actually sustainable NCAA tournament team out of this Penn State program. Because what we saw this season from the Nittany Lions was Penn State at what had been a near 15-year peak in that that team had not been to the tournament in so, so long and probably isn't going to be doing super well in the next couple of years with how many players are leaving. So this was, with this team, the best that it was going to get with this group of players at least, at least again with all the seniors lining up and stuff, I mean. So as far as as good as that Penn State program was going to get, at least under Micah Shrewsbury, I mean, not saying that he can't build a better program, but what he built here was, at its best, that barely tournament team. Davis or Rhodes is going to come in here, 
and try to build a Penn State team that will year after year make that NCAA tournament. And that's something Penn State fans are not used to seeing. I believe he's in it for the long haul too. Penn State guy, Pennsylvania native. The fit should feel about as good as you'd expect one to feel for a team that is looking to replace a coach that left. After you fired a coach, there's all sorts of things to be optimistic about. Ah, we don't have this guy in here running things anymore. Whoever comes in next, even if he isn't able to bring in better talent, he'll be able to do more with the talent that we have. It's not quite the same when your coach leaves for what he considers to be greener pastures. But in this case, I think Penn State just about nailed it as good as you can. You got a hot coach who has shown that he can have a sustained, successful program and what he's done at VCU and also has some of those attributes you're looking for. He's worked the transfer portal. He's worked the recruiting trail. He's done some of those things that would suggest that for someone who has never coached at a Power 5 level, that he can actually take that next step. So if I'm a Penn State fan, I'm pretty happy with the hire. And I'm looking forward to seeing what this guy does in the first couple of years as he tries to rebuild this program, again, with all the seniors that are going to be leaving. We'll talk more with our new with our new locked on Nittany Lions host, Zach Seiko. If I can get the words out and we can get in touch with him at some point soon, we will get him on the show to talk about that. We've got Penn State football to talk about with him, but a new head coach for the Nittany Lions on the basketball court. And I think he should be excited about what Mike Rhodes is going to bring to that team. We'll talk more about that, I'm sure, in the coming months as he gets ready to make his first season with the Nittany Lions on the sidelines. But before we end the show today, let's get into all of the latest news from around the Big Ten. In news on the hardwood, Caitlin Clark has been named Naismith Women's Player of the Year. She well-deserving after an outstanding season and outstanding postseason so far as she continues along in the NCAA tournament, as you probably have already heard. Her game against Louisville got more viewers on ESPN than any NBA broadcast on ESPN this season. So a very, very good season from her, of course, and everybody's watching. In other news, Wisconsin loses in the NIT in embarrassing fashion to North Texas, a two-point loss in which the Badgers don't score in the final nine-plus minutes a heartbreaking way to go out for the Badgers in Vegas. But, of course, it wasn't really the tournament they were hoping to be losing in the Final Four in either. So a bit of a disappointing season comes to a frustrating end for the Wisconsin faithful. On the football field, LaMarcus Hicks is the new Northwestern cornerbacks coach. He was previously at Utah State and then at Eastern Michigan before that, played at Iowa State. During his playing days, again, he is the new Northwestern cornerbacks coach with some big shoes to fill with the corners that Northwestern has churned out over the last few years. And again, we have Mike Rhodes taking the job at Penn State and already working on his staff. He's hired former Penn State player Joe Crispin to the basketball staff. Crispin is the school's third highest leading scorer. Nittany Lions fans have probably already heard of him. And one recruiting note to tell you about we have a couple of twin brothers committing to Ohio State. Four-star offensive tackles Devontae Armstrong and Deontay Armstrong are both headed to the Buckeyes. That's our note on recruiting here for the day. 
Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen today. For your second listen, check out the brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton give you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen today. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube too, at Locked On Big Ten. One zero when you're typing it out, not T-E-N. I'll be back with more next time on everything going on around the Big Ten. Until then, Nate Dickinson with Locked On. Check, check.